Hey, welcome to Feeling Twisty. There was a time not too long ago and over many years where I would, uh, let's say, go to the grocery store in a big parking lot, coming out with the groceries, load them up in the car, and then I would look around. Is anybody watching me? Anybody watching if I'm going to put this cart back in the corral where it's supposed to go? Am I supposed to, am I just going to ditch it to the side and get the heck out of here? So I really would. I would check it, check around, see if anybody's watching. And then sometimes I'd go put the card up and realize nobody's watching and think, damn, nobody got to see me do that. And then I would console myself with the fact that, well, God's watching. God saw me do that little good deed. And so a little deposit in my heavenly bank account. Thank you very much. In traffic, let somebody in. In, in front of me, out of a parking lot. Cha-ching, into my uh, heavenly bank account. Just add it up. Thank you, Jesus. Because I always saw God as this force, this being outside of me. That the only way we could ever experience Him is to say this prayer, requesting, inviting Him to enter our bodies and dwell within us, which I never really quite understood, to be honest with you. Where how I, I never understood that separation and the whole invitation. And that's the only way I can make it into uh, what I was told was heaven, it was to invite and welcome him, him into my heart, which I get in, in another way, I get it now because Regardless of whether we believe it or not, God is in our heart. God is in our mind, our own imagination. What Neville calls, uh, he calls it imagination, but he's re referring to our I amness, our own awareness, our own beingness. And, and I'm not talking about just me, my micness. My micness, me, is just the individualization of the awareness there's awareness and there's awareness of being and then i'm aware that i'm mike right now this time around and i'm experiencing life as me and you're experiencing your universe as you but each one of us has the i am the self-existent one the i exist being within us not a separate being whatsoever. It says so in the Bible. It says uh, that uh, it's in the Old Testament. I can't, it's in Exodus, I think. Maybe it's Deuteronomy. Or maybe it's Isaiah. I really should have looked it up. I, I quote it all the time. But anyway, I'm not quoting verbatim. Was that redundant? Quoting verbatim? Aren't you quoting verbatim if you're just quoting? Here it goes. It says that I am the Lord. There is no one beside me, no God beside me. I am the one who kills and makes alive. I heal and I wound. I make rich and I make poor. I am. And I like to look at that uh, verse instead of uh, just changing the words up a bit. I, I 
put to death my old self and I give life to something new. I kill and I make alive. And there's no one beside me. There is no Satan out there out to get us. Everything is within us. I am. I am. My awareness. Who I am. The way you think and see things is God. The way God thinks and sees things through you. And the same for me. So, uh, I was having a conversation with a good buddy of mine, David Breslow, a uh, great uh, golfing coach. You look him up, uh, wonderful guy, and I've gotten to know him over the past several months uh, better and better as we chat. Uh, he lives in another part of the country, but we get to talk more often lately, and I love our conversations. And we've both been talking about t uh, recently about uh, making things easier, that there's, uh, let me rephrase that, how we get kind of mired uh, or uh, stuck sometimes in thinking about what Neville talks about, the uh, using an imaginal scene, using an imaginal act, conjuring up a scene in imagination that would imply my wish is fulfilled. And Neville talks about that a lot. He talks about, you know, what, would a, what scene could you imagine? Put yourself in. And I talk about it a lot. First person, present tense. Put yourself in the action and live it in imagination. Whatever the scene is, it implies that the wish is fulfilled. Can you guys hear that leaf blower? It's really loud. That's like three doors down from me. It's so obnoxious. Anyway, back to the scenes. And so I noticed for myself that I would get caught up in worrying about what the scene, making sure the mechanics of it are right. And then what scene is it? What scene do I use? Do I use a handshake? Do I use a high five? Do I use someone saying congratulations? Do I, you know, sip some wine? Do I fly a plane? Do all of these things that I was assuming I needed to, to worry about to get it right. And I was only having trouble with it because I was assuming I was having trouble with it. And so that's exactly what I got. So we talked about that, how we get caught up in things that we think, things we have to do to make it happen. And Neville, I, from what I can tell, and I've read most of his lectures that are available online, and I've read a lot of them, multiple times uh, and his books multiple times and I've listened to his lectures and he never said that the scene is what makes it happen that's getting you to the point of believing that it's done that you are the man or woman you want to be that you are doing and having what you want the scene is a way to get to that moment of feeling it to be real to knowing it is done. He also talks about, I mean, he, he doesn't just say that's the only way to do it. He talks about just, uh, <laughs> can you hear guys hear that? Squirrels are going nuts. My dog chasing the, do the squirrels down. Maybe I should have done this inside. 
So anyway, Neville talks about the scenes a lot, and I love imagining, using imaginal scenes, going within and bringing, bringing up an imagination, some wonderful scene that implies my wish is fulfilled. But that's not the scene. The scene doesn't make it happen. You can have the most vivid imagination, imagine all kinds of wild things, but not believe that it's done. And you'll never see your wish fulfilled. No, it's in the belief that it's done. And that's what David and I have been talking about lately. We've been talking about how easy it actually is that we've been making it so difficult, worrying about the tools, the mechanics, using and, and putting, using a tool as if the tool is the answer, that that's the only answer, the only way to do it. But Neville, if you have his... Uh, lectures and his books in a digital form you can search for assume and search for assumption and it pops up so often in his work because he talks about how as assuming anything assuming it even though factually it's not true not yet that if you persist in that a persistent assumption that it does harden into fact but here's another way that i've noticed where i've slowed myself down because I still was making that difficult. I was imagining that it had to be hard. I had to make an effort, had to constantly be, oh, what was that thought? I got to revise that. Whoop, whoop, whoop. There goes another one. Revise that. Oh, I don't like that thought. Revise that thought. And I'm just constantly in this loop of worrying about my thoughts and condemning myself and beating myself over the head about I'm not getting it. I'm not getting it. I need to assume stronger. But really, the way I see it, I should go backward. Not regress, but instead of stronger, just take it easy. Just chill, bro. Because it's okay. Because God, I am, is me, and, and is you. So I don't need to work the tools in a way to where I'm making it that the answer. And am I saying that right? Are you getting that? I'm, I'm creating, taking my imagination and putting it in my hands and, and hammering a nail with it like, I'm, like it's still something separate from me. But it's as simple as just knowing and, and as simple as just assuming to be true. It's just an assumption. And if you maintain that assumption, you do see the results in what, what we would call the real life. I'd, real life and imagina imagination to me are the same thing because I've experienced too much in imagination to not know now that it is one and the same. And what we see appear in this physical world is just a result of what I've already imagined. Every experience I have in my life, my universe, is based on what I assume to be true of me and my universe. There's no one to point to that's a cause of anything. Whatever I assume to be true of politics, you know, if I assume that all politicians are corrupt, then that's what I'm going to see in life. I'm going to experience corrupt politics. If I assume one particular religion 
is a group of terrorists, then I'm going to experience stuff that reinforces that, reinforces my own assumptions. Now, if I assume that I am filled with love and I express that love and I'm being guided by love, that love that's within me, then I experience that in life instead of hate and evilness and corruption. It doesn't, it isn't hard. I know I've made it hard. You know, I have to do it. If I didn't do it, get into the state akin to sleep, it didn't do, it didn't take, it didn't work. Well, all I'm doing is taking something that's within me, but I'm putting it as something separate from me that I'm trying to work, that I'm trying to manipulate the same way I did with religion, with prayers or, you know, I'm not going to church enough. Um, I should tithe. I should give more than tithe. I should give more than my 10% to church. I should go on Wednesday nights. Hell, I'll go Thursday nights too. Oh, they're not open? Well, I'll find one that is because that's the answer. So that's kind of the same feeling that I was having with what I've been talking about. Going within, using imagination. I was creating or assuming those same feelings within myself about that and getting frustrated with it. To assume something is to suppose it to be true without proof. It's to take it for granted. To take, if you look up the definition of take for granted, it's to assume that something is true without questioning it. You assume something to be true without questioning it. Look back through your life. Think of all the things that come across your mind. Big things, little things, simple things, difficult things, everything. And think about what you experienced and think about what you assumed to be true around that time. About business. When your business failed, were you assuming that business was tough, that you know there's a, there's a recession, it's going to be bad, the housing market's down, I'm going to lose my house, I'm underwater, and then maybe you lost your house. What it, look back on your life and what have you assumed of relationships? And when, then what did you experience in relationships? And family? In church? In education? Just... There's everything. You can, I'm sure you think of things that I'm not even thinking of as examples. Things that you've experienced and then notice what you were assuming to be true. You didn't sit down and do three meditational periods a day or get into the state akin to sleep or write affirmations. You didn't do any of that to assume it to be true and then to experience it. So we already know, we already have the proof in our own lives if we just take an uncritical look at our lives and see what we've experienced and then notice what we assumed about those situations, about ourselves. If you just take that look back and you notice that you didn't have to do anything special to experience what you assumed. So you don't have to do anything special or work hard 
or make an effort to make your desires come true because you've been doing it all along. We've always been doing it. So all you have to do is you have a desire, assume it to be true. Take that for granted without objection, without proof. It's done. And I've talked about this before, that knowingness, that doneness. I've described uh, a couple of times, and I, I talked with David about this today, that when in my imaginal scenes that I would bring up, uh, you know, I would think about, well, what if I'm putting myself in the action, what am I feeling? And there were times where I noticed, you know, I, I was a little frustrated because, you know, I wanted, wanted to imagine something wonderful, but how am I supposed, what's the, my, how am I feeling? Am I jumping up and down? Is my heart racing? Am I screaming? Woohoo! Yay! Hallelujah! No, I don't do, I, for me, I don't react that way. Now, outwardly, I might burst out. I might throw some F-bombs sometimes. Or I do get excited. But my default mood, my default reaction uh, is not down in the dumps or way high. It's right around neutral. And not to say neutral meaning in a bad way. It's just done. Okay. It's the same way when I was uh, healed. You know, I, I've talked about it a few times. And on that morning, Thanksgiving morning, it started with that little conversation with inside me. And when I first described it, I, I was scared to talk about it to people that I knew because I, was, I assumed that my Christian friends would say, you know, I'm ridiculous. I'm practicing witchcraft or I'm just crazy. But what I did, I was contemplating, thinking about all the things my family and I wanted to do. Go to visit the mountains, live in the mountains, actually. All these different traveling uh, locations, uh, places we want to travel to. And the conversation was just, how, how are you going to do any of that in a wheelchair? And I said, you're right. And then I said, I guess it's time for dystonia to go. And... And right then I did that little imaginal scene. And I'm not going to go into all of that again, but it was a simple little scene. But in that little scene that I did, it wasn't, it wasn't, uh, I wasn't over the top with emotions and, and feelings in that scene. It was just a, a recognition of doneness. It's done. And it was done. I didn't have to do the imaginal scene. I'd already decided in that little internal conversation that I had. I had that conversation. Uh, when I first described it, I said God was talking to me. Which wasn't a lie because God is in me. So God said, it's time for dystonia to go. And I said, okay. And I did that imaginal scene uh, I didn't have to do one or the other. It was the knowing, that take it for grantedness feeling that I had, that it's done. I didn't contemplate the how. I didn't worry about it. I was still in a wheelchair, still suffering from the twists and the turns, my body making contortions I couldn't control. 
the pain was still there for six days. But I had the, it was just, I took it for granted that it was done. It was done. And that's the key. Assuming it to be true. And if you look at the definition, you know, suppose something to be true or know something to be true without proof, that's the same as faith. Faith is knowing something, believing it is to be done, and it's done. Like the Bible says, you could wrap, you could, everything could be summed up in Mark eleven twenty four. When you pray, be believing you have received it, and you will. When you pray, when you move in imagination, be believing. You're assuming it right there. Assume that it's done. Assume the feeling of the wish fulfilled. And you have it. It's already done. I'm going to read a, a couple of quotes from Neville. Um, oh, come on, Kendall. Okay, this is from uh, one of his radio talks titled The Law of Assumption from 1951. And uh, I love this because this, this part addresses you know, whether, do we have to do a scene? Do we need to do it this? You know, what's the right tool to use? Well, Neville says right here that each man or woman must find the means best suited to their nature to control their attention and concentrate it on the desired state. What's best suited for you? You don't have to do X amount of sessions a day or certain type of meditation, certain affirmations. You don't have to do anything I say. Just the key is to do whatever feels natural to you, what's best for your nature. Because you're, you're God experiencing this life as you. It would be boring as hell if every one of us were exactly the same. We're all one, but we're all individually one. <laughs> so it's whatever's best suited for you. What is the best way, the most natural feeling way for you to feel that your desire is fulfilled? And it comes down to just an assumption. Just assume that it's done. I like saying, take it for granted. Yeah, take it for granted. Oh yeah, I took it for granted. When I was healed, I did. That little internal conversation and that imaginal act I had. Both of those, by the way, were imaginal acts. My internal conversation was an imaginal act. And then so was the little scene that I uh, conjured up. I had just learned about Neville. I hadn't talked, heard of anybody else uh, online talking about or teaching Neville. I didn't know there were actually people out there teaching Neville. I just came across him a few weeks before that. So I doubled up. I had, I had that little conversation and I did the imaginal act. When really it all came down to me, what did I believe? I took it for granted that it was done. I didn't imagine, I didn't say I had to be walking by a certain date or I had to do this or there had to be thunderbolts and lightning. I just took it for granted that I was going to be able to travel and climb and run and do things with my family that we wanted to do. That's all I did. I took that for granted that that was done. And it happened six days later. Boom. 
So here's another quote from Neville about desire. The spiritual man speaks to the natural man through the language of desire. So God speaks to us through desire, through our desires. The key to progress in life and to the fulfillment of dreams lies in the ready obedience to the voice. Unhesitating obedience to its voice is an immediate assumption of the wish fulfilled. I'm going to read that again. I feel like I'm preaching. Oh, Lord Jesus. Unhesitating obedience to the voice, our desire, is an immediate assumption of the wish fulfilled. So you don't, you have that desire. It's the next line. Let me read the next line before I go on. To desire a state is to have it. To desire a state is to have it. Like what I, I quoted yesterday from the I Am Love site where they talked about that. When they said that look at your desire as a promise, as an inevitable promise. Your desire is inevitable. The fulfillment of it is inevitable. And here Neville says it too. To desire it is to have it. Man, by assuming the feeling of the wish fulfilled, and then living and acting on this conviction changes his future in harmony with his assumption. So going back to it being easy, I would get caught up in, okay, I felt it real. I felt this to be real. I did the imaginal act. I did my scene. I did whatever. Okay, how, am I, how should I be feeling? What's the feeling? What should I be doing? How should I be reacting? What's the state I'm in? How should I look at, the li look at life like this? Oh, it just got so tiresome and just spinning my wheels. If you take something for granted, you know it's done. And then so your, your reactions and how you see things automatically change based on what you took for granted. It's easy. Just like you took for granted that all men are pigs or all cops are out to get you. Or all politicians are corrupt. Are all reporters are liars? I was a reporter, and no, I wasn't. A, we didn't lie all the time. <laughs> you didn't have to work at assuming anything about relationships or family or health. No, you just assumed it and took it for granted that that's the way it was and that's what you experienced. So don't make this hard. It's not. That's one way to slow down, is to make it hard. You know, uh, um, over the past several weeks, I talked to David Breslow about this today too, how um, I just, I wanted something, an easier way to get this and to be able to explain it. I, I it, it wasn't already hard and I just reacted to it being difficult. No, I, t I know I totally imagined, imagined what I was doing as being difficult and muddied up. I imagine it to be muddied up. And so I imagined I was thinking I, on finding something, a new fresh way, a new perspective. And that's what I got over the past week or so. I've been talking to different people, talking to David Breslow, talking to Kim, reading different things, reading that I am love site. Uh, but not just that, just in my own meditation and reading Neville Goddard and other things too, just all these ways came about because I assumed 
I assumed there was an easier way for me to get this and explain this. And that's what I got. It was already out there. I wasn't aware of it. Everything's already out there. The good, the bad, and the indifferent. The a-hole boyfriend's already out there. Or the wonderful loving boyfriend, the sexy guy with the dark hair and the brooding eyes. <laughs> Everything is done. Creation is done. You don't have to make it. You don't have to throw the right prayers into a, you know, a cauldron. Make a prayer soup and get the right stuff out, the right recipe, using the right recipe. You don't have to go to the right church. You don't have to, you don't have to listen to me. But please listen to me. <laughs> you don't have to buy into somebody's systems or programs. In my experience, it's as simple as just assuming it's done. Take your desire for granted that it's done. Neville says it. To desire it is to have it. And if you know that you are God, that your awareness is God, not a God, the same God that's in me is in you. That same God created this universe. This way for us to God to experience this life is through us. So when you have a desire, that's God saying, hey, buddy, let's do it. Let's do it, bro. So assume you have it already. Don't wait. Right there to desire it is to have it. Good, bad, or indifferent, but why the hell, you know, do something good and lovely and fun. Why spend time imagining crap, desiring crap for other people? Because anybody in your world only exists through your own consciousness. So why desire evil things for them? Because you're only affecting yourself. Everything you experience in your life, in your universe, is from your perspective, through your own consciousness, not mine. I'm responsible for mine. So imagine up and desire lovely things for people and for yourself. You deserve it. If you desire it, you deserve it. Why would you think you don't deserve it? Because you're not smart enough? You're overweight? You're underweight? With me, I'm short. I'm like five, six, you know, with my neck stretched a little bit. And I weigh, I think, 130 pounds, 135 pounds. I'm not a big guy. I don't let that stop me. So why let anything stop you? If you desire it, God knows you can do it. You know that saying, God's not going to give me anything I can't do? Well, you are God, so quit assuming that there's stuff out there you can't do. And quit imagining while you're at it. Quit imagining that life is tough and we got to take the, the hits so we can get stronger. Woo, yuck. I don't want to imagine that up. I've done that. I've, I've assumed that all my life, that life is hard. Economy's tough. We've got to tighten our belts. No. Fall in love with that fulfillment because God's telling you you have it. That desire is notification. Ding, you just got a notification. It's yours, buddy. Now assume it and take that for granted and enjoy it. All right. I love you guys. 
This was a fun one for me. This is feeling twisty.